0: Well, greetings once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, welcome to another virtual meeting that uh, we're having today because of the, the orders of our government. We want to be good citizens and obey them as the scripture says when it is in accordance with the Lord's will and not going against his will. So I want to welcome you. Uh, those who are watching that aren't a part of First Baptist, have never been here, we welcome you and um, so i'd like to take some time and pray to be prepared for our teaching today and the topic of today is the need to be humble the need to be humble so let's pray together Uh, you pray with me as we pray father we uh, look to you for all of our strength all of our needs and lord we we trust you you're the only one that never changes you're the almighty You're the creator and sustainer of the universe you made. And so we trust you, and uh, we look forward to how you want to show us to be humble, which you greatly desire. So I pray you'll guide our teaching today, and may our hearts be revived and renewed by hearing your word. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the need to be humble... Why, why do we need it? And I think we need to start off by saying there are two types of being humble. Uh, one is the kind nobody really likes. That's the kind where we're put down or put in our place or we're taken advantage of. And that's a humbling that uh, nobody desires. Uh, that's really not the humbling that, that uh, God has in mind for us or his purposes for that. Then there's another type of humbling that we get, and that's when we receive a gift uh, that costs the giver a great amount. And it's a gift that we we didn't deserve. And that has a humbling effect on us. Uh, The first mission trip that I went on to Russia and Ukraine, uh, we went to a country that was very poor. And I remember seeing a lot of gold and silver smiles because they had no dental hygiene and they had a lot of gold and silver teeth. And, uh, and uh, the one pastor that I worked with in Ukraine, uh, when he took me to his home, of which he didn't have a car, he had a bicycle, uh, he had to borrow a car from someone, but he took me, took me to his home and the one thing I noticed about his garden was there was a doghouse next to his garden. And I said, oh, you've got a dog? And he said, yeah, we have the dog to protect our garden. There were, the poverty was so bad there that they had even had to guard their gardens. And so not having a car, uh, living, really uh, totally trusting the Lord every day. At the end of our time together, I received a gift. And I had been in some of the shops to see what those gifts cost. And I was given that gift by this family, which I know was a great sacrifice to them. I probably could have bought a hundred of those things and not really hurt my bank account, but they spent a lot in order to give me a gift and to be hospitable. That was very humbling to me. And we're going to cover the greatest humbling at the end of this message, the humbling that the Lord Jesus Christ took on our behalf. So let's talk about the uh, these topics today in the way of, of being humble. Uh, first of all, we want to talk about the benefits of being humble. And then secondly, we'll talk about God placing a high value on being humble. And then lastly, we'll talk about becoming humble through trials and tests. So let's start off with the benefits of being humble. Psalm 22, 26 says this, The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise Him. May your hearts live forever. Psalm twenty-five nine, He leads the humble in what is right and teaches them His way. Isaiah twenty-nine nineteen, The humble will have joy after joy in the Lord, and the poor people will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. You see, God's purpose for humbling is for His glory, and our good. So those are the benefits. some of the benefits, amongst others, of being humble. And now I'd like to take a, chance, a time to, to look at God placing a high value on our being humble. Psalm 51.17, David wrote this psalm. He says, The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken and humbled heart. Isaiah 66, 2 says, This is the Lord's declaration. I will look favorably on this kind of person. What kind of person? One who is humble, submissive in spirit, and trembles at my word. And then, of course, Jesus Christ himself, his only son, was humble. Let's look at the prophecy concerning his coming in Zechariah 9, 9. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion, Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, in the foal, on the foal of a donkey. Jesus himself said in Matthew 11:29, "Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." This is another benefit we could have included in our benefit section you'll find rest for your souls all these things are good matthew 23:12 jesus again saying whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted you know in the beginning when god is in the process of humbling us for his glory and our good it's not a pleasant thing Hebrews talks about the chastening of the Lord, and it's not pleasant, but those who have been trained by it are truly blessed. And so that's what we want to hopefully gain through this circumstances we find ourselves in of being cooped up in various things. Well, let's look at um, now becoming humble through trials and tests. And you think, why do we need to look at that? But this, this is the way of God getting our attention, wanting his, his best for us, so that He can be glorified, and it will be for our good. Well, the first thing about trials are, is they test, they're tests to reveal who we're trusting. Uh, are we trusting ourselves? Are we, are we trusting man? Are we trusting our government? Are we trusting our family? Or are we trusting God for our needs? There's a passage in Deuteronomy 8 that talks about this. He's talking about the Israelites, and he says this, Remember that the Lord your God led you on the entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness, so that He might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you, should, you would keep His commands. He humbled you by letting you go hungry. Then He gave you manna to eat, which you and your fathers had not known, so that you might learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And notice in this passage that, he's, that God led them in the wilderness through this. And he allowed them to be hungry. And he did it, why? For our learning. And Jesus quoted this verse in the wilderness when he's being tempted by the devil. He quoted this verse about that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Secondly, trials are for our learning and growth. James 1.2 says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And so while we don't like trials and tests in the beginning, if we're trained by them, We get this endurance. We get this patience. And I think this uh, verse most fitting in this time of being uh, cooped up in the house, uh, cooped up on your property, not being able to get out, uh, is challenging us to be patient with those we love and with uh, many that we need to be patient with. But again, it's for our good. God always humbles us for our good. Well, He's always trying to get our attention, not just in this most recent way, but He does it in order to humble us. He has change in mind when it comes to challenging circumstances He allows in our lives. And what is that is to gain His perspective on our situation. You know, just recently, uh, Lori and I were watching our grandkids uh, over in Indy, and uh, the boys, two of our grandsons, we were watching while our granddaughter was being born. Uh, they were getting a little rowdy and, and just impatient. And one day when the sun came out, uh, I took the boys outside. We picked up some limbs and sticks and, and they just played in the dirt. And they were out there for probably an hour, an hour and a half. And when they came back in to eat dinner, they were totally different people. They were, uh, they were just relaxed. It had uh, being outside in the world that God had made, digging in the dirt, that gave them a a fresh perspective on the life they were living. And then for myself, uh, one of the tasks that I have grown to aggravate, has grown to aggravate me and I've become very frustrated with is I have constant picking up of sticks and limbs in my yard so I can mow the grass. And I went out just uh, last week and, and I began to pick up the sticks and limbs. But this time, I had a different perspective. This time, I went out there thanking God that I was able to be outside, thanking God I was able, had a job to do to allow me to pick up sticks. You know, perspective really has a great deal of effect on how we look at life. So the question is this, are we stuck with the consequences of our actions and words? Are we stuck with them? Is what will be going to happen with no hope of change? And I want to give you several examples of ways that there are times when God changes his mind. Let's look at those. Trials allow us to see God's plan of deliverance. Rehoboam had become king and this is when, this is what the word says about Rehoboam. In 2 Chronicles 12.1, it says, When Rehoboam had established his sovereignty and royal power, he abandoned the law of the Lord, he and all Israel with him. Because they were unfaithful to the Lord in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, King Shishak of Egypt went to war against Jerusalem with 1,200 chariots, 60,000 cavalrymen, and countless people who came with him from Egypt, Libyans, the Sukkim, and Cushites. He captured the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as Jerusalem. Then the prophet Shemaiah went to Rehoboam and the leaders of Judah who were gathered at Jerusalem because of Shishak. He said to them, This is what the Lord says You have abandoned me, therefore I have abandoned you to Shishak. So the leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is righteous. When the Lord saw that they had humbled themselves, the Lord's message came to Shemaiah: They have humbled themselves. I will not destroy them, but will grant them a little deliverance. My wrath will not be poured out on Jerusalem through Shishak. However, they will become His servants so that they may recognize the difference between serving me and serving the kingdoms of other lands. So again, what was God's purpose for humbling there? Was to get their attention for their good. And when they humbled themselves, God changed his mind. He gave them a little deliverance from that. Notice here, it's the humbling, it's the repenting of of the way they were walking, where they were rebelling against God, to actually following him. And then after him came King Ahab of Israel. This is what it says about King Ahab. The Lord says in 1 Kings 21-29, Have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me? I will not bring the disaster during his lifetime because he has humbled himself before me. I will bring the disaster on his house during his son's lifetime. Here again, we see God's intention of bringing destruction and disaster on Ahab. What changed? Why was the disaster delayed? It was because of one thing and one thing alone. He humbled himself. That's it. The one way we can uh, have any hope of changing our circumstances is by humbling ourselves. Then after him came King Hezekiah. This is how he was humbled. In 2 Chronicles thirty two twenty four, In those days, Hezekiah became sick to the point of death. So he prayed to the Lord and he spoke to him and gave him a miraculous sign. However, because his heart was proud... Hezekiah didn't respond according to the benefit that had come to him. So there was wrath on him, Judah and Jerusalem. Read that again. So there was wrath on him, Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so the Lord's wrath didn't come on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. So lastly, about the the reason for trials and tests... Uh, Trials are for those who don't know the Lord to come to know Him as the God of grace and mercy through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, to know here means to recognize and glorify God and show gratitude to Him. Again, a total change of heart, a, a humble, submissive attitude toward Him. And this is really greatly illustrated in King Manasseh. You know, we just read where Hezekiah was on his deathbed, so to speak, and he prayed to God, and God gave him more life. I think He gave him 15 more years to live, and in that time, Manasseh was born to him. Well, Manasseh didn't turn out like King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah made many, many reforms. He actually brought a spiritual renewal and revival to the nation of Israel. And uh, so you would think that uh, his sons would, would grow up in that godly home and see that revival, renewal, and carry on. But not so with Manasseh. Let's read together in Second Chronicles 33.9. So Manasseh caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to stray so that they did worse evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they didn't listen. So he brought, them against, he brought against them the military commanders of the king of Assyria. They captured Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. When he was in distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and earnestly humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. He prayed to him, and the Lord was receptive to his prayer. He granted his request and brought him back to Jerusalem, to his kingdom. So Manasseh came to know that the Lord is God. Wow, that's such a great story of God's grace and mercy. Now you have to keep in mind, when it says that he did worse evil than the nations before uh, the Lord that had uh, driven out the, the, the nations before them, Let's, keep, let's look at that just a little bit. Uh, those nations that God drove out before the Israelites, uh, they uh, practiced prostitution in the temple, part of temple worship, male and female prostitution. And the most, the, the, the most unbelievable thing they did was sacrifice their own children in the arms of a blazing hot statue of Chemosh. I just don't understand it. It's just beyond my imagination why any parent would ever do that. Those were the things the nations were doing before God drove them out and Israel came in. And yet the testimony is that Manasseh caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to stray so that they did worse evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. How bad can you get So we have Manasseh, kind of like the uh, poster child for evil. And God humbled him. Why? Why did he humble him? Well, we would say he needed to be humbled, but God humbled him for more than just putting him in his place, more than just putting him down, more than taking advantage of him. No, God humbled Manasseh so that Manasseh would come to know him. In this time of anxiety, and this time of worry and all that, what is God trying to say to us? And His ultimate and most fantastic goal, really, is for us to be humble to the point of knowing Him. You know, if you've been watching and you're a new, uh, a new, uh, <laughs> a new guest of ours, so to speak, virtual guest of ours, uh, you may be watching because you're looking for answers. And God is interested in humbling you, not in a bad way. He's humbling you to get you to know Him and to know the forgiveness that comes in His Son. So I want to ask the believer and the unbeliever alike how would you rate yourself on the humble scale? You know, would your family and your friends, your coworkers, would they rate you as a really humble person? Well, that's one measurement. But then let's look at this one. How do you think God would rate you? on the scale of being humble. Because that's the only one that really matters. And He knows the heart. So now I want to get to the greatest humbling of all. And wow, what a tremendous example for us. The Lord Jesus Christ Himself, the perfect spotless Lamb of God, was sent to this earth to rescue us, to forgive us of our sins. I want to read to you this greatest humbling, and it comes in the passage of Philippians 2. Philippians 2.5 says this, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, He emptied Himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when He had come as a man, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted Him and gave Him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Just think of that. The perfect, spotless Lamb of God the Son of God. He in all His majesty and glory. He the creator of everything that we see. Because John 1.1 1, 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Nothing was made that was made without Him. He, the, the, the Son of God, left His perfect home in heaven to come down here to be a sacrifice for your sin and for mine. Believer, I don't know about you, but I've never gotten over that. It's a good thing. His love for me. You know, the scriptures say that God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When I was a sinner, he died for me. The people who nailed him to the cross, he died for them. It's it's a wonder of grace and mercy that I'll never understand. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve his salvation. I was reading in a devotional today of, uh, of John MacArthur's, and he said there are two types of forgiveness. There's judicial forgiveness, and there's parental forgiveness. The judicial forgiveness is the is forgiveness that we've just talked about here, where Christ died on the cross to pay for the penalty of our sin. And when we receive Him as the Savior, when we get to know Him, in other words, we're submitting to Him and giving our hearts and lives to Him, and asking for forgiveness, He gives it to us. That's what the Scriptures say. That's judicial forgiveness. That's forgiveness of past sin, our present sin, and any future sin. We'll no longer be judged for our sin. But then there's parental sin, (laughs) parental forgiveness. And that's the forgiveness that a father gives his child. You see, when we sin against our father, it doesn't change the relationship, but it does change the intimacy we have with Him. So for the believer, I would ask you, is there something between you and God himself? Uh, Are you in need of parental forgiveness today? But then for those who are watching that have never really known, never really asked for God's forgiveness, have you received that judicial forgiveness that you need? You know, I want to encourage you to do that today. You can ask him right there where you're watching. uh, I need Christ as my Savior, I do need forgiveness for my sin, to have a hope of eternal life in heaven and escape the condemnation of hell that I truly deserve. That's what God offers to you. Well, I thank you for uh, uh, being a part of this teaching today. And uh, I wanna pray for you. And then we're gonna have some information on how to contact the church, how to contact me, our other pastor, Pastor Robert Barger. And, uh, and so let's pray together, and then we'll, we'll provide that information to you, uh, ways you can contact us. Heavenly Father, we uh, are thankful that you're always out to redeem your people. And you've made a way for us to know you. You've made a way for us to be forgiven. And so I pray, Lord, first of all, for those who know you as Savior, that they would recognize their consistent need of parental forgiveness, forgiveness of their Heavenly Father. But also pray for those who have not experienced that forgiveness yet, that you'll give them the faith to trust you as Savior, that you give them the faith to invite you into their life, to take over their life. They would be humbled before you to know and receive the hope of eternal life. So, Father, I pray you'll bring glory to yourself through every person that has has watched this this video together. And, Lord, may we receive your blessing, the blessing of your presence above all things. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if listening to the message today, you would like to know more, uh, we have ways for you to communicate with us uh, on the screen, you'll be seeing uh, the way to contact the, the church office. Uh, you can leave a message for, for me. You can leave a message for Pastor Robert. Uh, if you want to talk to someone personally, we can actually have a meeting with you, uh, those in the community that would like to talk. You know, if you, you can call or you can email. There's also email information on the screen as well. Now, If you have a question about what I said today, if you have any other questions about life, about the Scripture, about the Bible, uh, please send those in. In fact, some of your questions uh, that you have may inform some of our midweek uh, postings, or podcasts, and how we answer those. So please, if you have questions or you just want to talk, you can give the call. If you want to be have some counsel, please do that. We can meet in person or we can meet virtually now with uh, uh, Facebook Messenger. We have other many avenues of uh, ways to communicate on video so we can practice social distancing as well. But if you want to meet in person, we can and practice social, social distancing here at the church. So also check out our website. If you're wanting to know more about our church, please go to the website. There's lots of information there and also contact information there as well. So until the next time, uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make His, sh- his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.